Hi, and welcome back to Rate That Album. Back and forth album review between myself, Joe Fremming, and my good pal, Paul Muad'Dib. Paul, how are you doing? Well, um, I gotta ask. I gotta ask the question: Was this retribution for Lindsey Buckingham? <laughs> Nothing will be retribution for Lindsey Buckingham. I, I kind of feel like you're angry at me uh, with, with this one. <laughs> yeah. So we just I decided to go back to an album that I listened to when I was about 15 years old for the first time. Uh, it's a, it was a side project from Ministries L Jorgensen and Paul Barker. It's uh, a band called The Revolting Cocks. I don't know what this cock thing is, Paul. I think it's some sort of male strip show. I, I think you're right. I think isn't 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 that something that they focused on at Magic Mike? <laughs> I think so. Yeah. So. <laughs> so yeah, it, it 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 was a weird. So this is an album. I, so I got into this album. Uh, like I said, at fifteen. I'd say fifteen, maybe sixteen. Mm-hmm. Uh, you were not going to be a popular kid in high school if you're listening to. Bands called Revolting Cox, 10,000 Homo DJs, Nine Inch Nails, <laughs> Ministry. So I was doomed forever to be an outsider. I came across this band because uh, I was big on a, a Chicago area uh, label called Wax Tracks. Now, Wax Tracks put out a whole bunch of really weird uh, industrial music, and they even put out and uh, at least a single by Divine, uh, <laughs> the muse of John Waters. And I believe on that single, she reco- she covered uh, Think You're a Man by the Vaseline. So, like, this is a weird label that put out a box set called The Black Box. And I bought it. It's hard. It's, it's not easy to find anymore because physical media is dead. And mm-hmm. this was the only time a label like this could put out. <laughs> have the balls to put out a box set. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's a true story. Yeah. So I started, li- so I, re- I got, a, I got into it. There's like, so there was a few tracks on this album. I really liked, I had it in my collection and then, you know, I just kind of forgot about it and, you know, have, I'd listen to a few things here and there. I have a, I have the title track, uh, and the song Stainless Steel Providers on a couple mixes. But other than that, I have not re- really revisited this album. So I figured, what the hell, Paul? Let's go back to early 90s uh, industrial. Uh, so, obviously, you have thoughts? <laughs> I, 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 I do. I like industrial. I, I, I do. I really like industrial. But this was not something that I enjoyed. <laughs> It's a hard uh, album to get into. It it is. There's I mean, I like I like industrial, but there's a difference between what I think is industrial and and um noise. Um this was more noise rock, more noise rock than I thought of industrial rock, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Um, with it was, I mean, I, I, I mean, I, lyrics are a big thing for me, and I've always knocked an album when I can't understand the lyrics. Um, 
this is one of those. I mean, even with Nine Inch Nails, like even when Trent Reznor is yelling, I can, I, I know what he's yelling about, right? Yeah. Right. Or with even this, uh, the person that was always kind of linked to Jorgensen as like a rival was Rob Zombie. And you can, like with White Zombie, you could yeah. still. Yes. And I love White Zombie um, more than Rob Zombie. I, I, I preferred White Zombie over Rob. Um, I know some people don't understand that, but there's a difference. Um, yeah, this one was was challenging for me. Let's let's put it that way. But I still want to know more about it because I understand that it's a supergroup. Yeah, well, so Revol- Revolting Cox basically it started out as like a side. It's, it basically is a side project, but it started. The origins go back to 1984. Uh, when Jorgensen met up with uh, Belgian industrial dance group Front 242, uh, they got together, uh, decided to work on some side projects with a member called Richard 23. Now, this is like weird because the way the thing that people think of industrial really has its roots in club music. Right. And you hear a little bit of this, especially the repetition. Is ba- comes out of club music from the eighties, dance music, and yep. Ministry was a synth pop band in the eighties. Like they're not. If you're thinking of New World Order and So What and you know Just One Fix, uh, go listen to their first albums. It's different by a country mile. And <laughs> I, I knew that. I knew I knew Ministry started as a synth pop, and I had a buddy of mine that was big into the industrial club scene and actually explained a lot of this to me when we were, me and him worked at a gas station together. We'd have late night music talks and he was big into the Wisconsin industrial scene, um, in Madison, which yep. I guess had a huge industrial scene in the eighties. Well, yeah, it was, a. it feel like I'm not an expert on it, but it feels like it, it was really like it hit the Midwest for it. Going from Cleveland to Chicago to Milwaukee, even a bit like there's still like an industrial club, like goth club in Minneapolis. I forget what it's called. Maybe Ground Zero. I've been it's there. Ground Zero. It's yeah, Ground I've Zero. been there a couple times. It's I yep. enjoy it, but I'm I'm one of those weirdos. But no, I enjoy. No, I love Ground Zero. But, actually, I really yeah. enjoy it. But it's so industrials. Its roots are in club dance music. And so you take that, then you take a, like kind of like the goth and like the broodiness and moodiness of the Cure and Joy Division, and then those started to merge with the, this club music, and then they this, then it evolved to putting a heavy metal bent over it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's like this perfect agglomeration, and there's some that works really well, and I think Ministry did it really well with yeah. Mind is a terrible thing to taste. Uh, Psalm sixty nine. Trent Reznor obviously he's won an Academy. He's won Academy Awards for his. Trent music. Reznor is is uh, to me. Trent Reznor is like the high watermark. The high watermark of industrial music, hands down, yeah. hands down. Yeah, uh, he was also a touring member of Revolting Cox. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, uh, like so, like I said, so this evolved and so when you listen to this on top of the beneath the the noise and the layers of like guitar 
and my one of my biggest complaints is a lot is repetition are these kind of dance beats they're more prevalent on other industrial groups. This one just seems just straight up aggressive. <laughs> yes. It's a very aggressive. It's in a very aggressive album. It's a very aggressive album. And uh, yeah, so so in the early 90s, this started blowing up. And, it you know, it, it hit me and my friend, well, one, my one friend who actually listened to it besides you. I think it was like me, you, and Joe. Oh, <laughs> the only my. people listening to like this. And see, watching David Lynch movies. <laughs> right, right. Absolutely. We were the cool kids. <laughs> we, we were the cool kids. We, we, we certainly were. Yeah, no, it's, it's very interesting that we, were, that we were running the same music, the same TV shows, um, but we really didn't connect till after high school. Yeah. Yeah, so, uh, so you know, I, I came across, I haven't listened to it in some time, and I wanted a reason to revisit, because you said you liked industrial, and I was like, I, well, I... I've got an industrial album. You, you, so that, you that's, did. Like me, that's like me was saying, I like some Fleetwood Mac. And you're like, all right, here's this Lindsey Buckingham album. <laughs> 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 you know, it's just an assault on the senses. And I, it, like, a straight up, I'm just going to agree. It is over. It's not my favorite album. There's parts, a lot of it I really don't like just because of how rep repetitive it is and there's not a very repetitive not like the only hooks are really on the the title track which i love though (laughs) that's that's that was the thing like the first track i was like okay i can get into this like yeah absolutely and then um oh give me just a second to pull up the track listing i'm gonna pull up the track listing, and then let's get physical the olivia newton john cover Which, unless I had known that it was it, like from the, I never would have known it was it. Um, <laughs> and then there was in the neck, and this was about, um, it was when Get Down kicked in that I went, oh boy. <laughs> it, it's a, yeah, it's a hard album to sit and listen to. That's why, like, when I, I said before, I have like tracks on mixes, that's by design. I kind of like in the back of my mind. I always kind of remembered this isn't this is not only difficult, but it's at times a slog to sit through. Yeah, um, yeah. But uh, I, but just another brief, uh, you know, they got touring members Trent Reznor. They have other albums that are a lot more dancey pop that they did in like the mid two thousands, which are really good. That featured <laughs> Cello Biafra from the Dead Kennedys and Lard. Oh, oh that's and, awesome. Uh, Gibby Haynes from Butthole Surfers, and it's it's more palatable than this. This is probably like this is like one hundred percent pure revolting cocks, and I think that's why a lot of people are not completely on board with it. Yeah, it's this was a hard one. Um, it's 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 very difficult for me to. Um, say that it's that it's an easy one um it just was difficult as fuck um you know i mean get down did have did have um uh bruce campbell sampled (laughs) on it um which, which which was all right but at the same time i was like wow this is this reminded me 
of if Lou Reed, <laughs> going back to some of our other uh, work here, this reminded me of like Metal Machine music. If Lou Reed was like, I'm going to try and make songs out of these things. Um, <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, that that's really reminiscent of, 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 of what it was. Yeah, and I think even on that review, I said industrial music owes a lot to that album. Well, here's their tribute back. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, and it, yeah, it's it's tough. But let's talk about the songs that work. So There's not going to be a, a whole lot. I mean, I, I like songs on this. It's just it's not a home run album. No, um, so title track, title track, beer, steers, and queers, right? Um, yep. I mean, we're just we're, we're at to say what the album track is. I have to put it up there. Um, so let's just get that out of the way. Well, let's talk uh, about that because I like how it because this stands out when you listen to it compared to the rest of the songs, and I think that's it has elements of melody to it. Mm-hmm. It has elements of hip hop to it, which was yep. like throwing another element. Sampling record scratches, and it was funny. It's a funny it, track that you can understand the lyrics to. Yes, and it, it's satire, right? Yeah. And uh, any that's that's what got me was um, was the satire that you could understand it. Yeah, I mean, this reminded me of like almost um, well. Something we're going to be going back to doing, uh, which is an album that I'm going to pick next. So I'm not going to say what it is, um, but you know, like, like now, 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 let's do drop, just drop them pants. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're 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 sing here. Um, you know, a, a redneck asswipe who think he's great, so full of shit, diarrhea for fingers. You know, everywhere <laughs> I go, personality lingers. Um, you know, and, and I think like it starts with like two southerners. Talking on the phone. Yep. Not knowing what they're going to, what they're <laughs> getting themselves into. Mm-hmm. They think it's either going to be like a male strip show or like uh, something. And yeah, and it's, you got like this almost like, uh, sounds like a, a female preacher, Southern preacher saying this is out of the house and out of the house music. And, yeah. And it's like, it's got these elements that work for it. And you really, Go one thing. This is this is going to be like interesting because if they can sustain this, and it doesn't. No, it doesn't. And like I said, it drops off real quick with the with with, with the uh, cover uh, of. Uh, I mean, it, can you call it a cover? I guess you could call it a cover. Well, legally, uh, I think they got sued for it. <laughs> Originally, they were going to consider it a cover, but they, the lyrics were so. Sp- so close to the original that they had to give Olivia Newton John a songwriting credit. Uh, a songwriting credit. <laughs> I think they got threatened with a lawsuit. Yeah, well, that's fair enough. I, I I don't know if I would agree that the lawsuit should have won, but okay. Um, no, like I, I think this is good. Um, um, the the opening track, and I really wish it would have stayed on that on that note. Um. I, I believe, if I see a lot of it bleed together, stainless steel providers isn't bad. That's not a bad one. Yeah, I like that. Like I put that on mixes every now and then. Yep. And I think in the neck sometimes I think that's I'm a killing machine. I at least that has like yeah semblance of a hook to it. 
it, it does. Now, um, I listened to the original album version, not the 2004 reissue, by the way. Um, so I just want to make that clear. I know there's other stuff that were on that that one. Um, I believe the last track, Razor's Edge, wasn't bad either. Yeah. No, that wasn't bad. Um, but for the most part of it, like I said, I kept having five. First of all, I kept thinking of, okay, this is this is his retribution for Lindsey Buckingham. Um, <laughs> I mean, I listened to it several times. But the thing that got to me was the reputation and, like, you know, <sighs> When I when I think of industrial like 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 the highlight of industrial like my favorite industrial album is the Crow soundtrack. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, I mean it's debatable. I wouldn't call that an industrial album. I think that's an album that has like a few industrial songs on. It it, 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 it has it has several industrial songs on it. Yes, you know, I mean there's Nine Inch Nails and Thrill Kill Cult. I guess. <laughs> well, there, there. I, I could have sworn that there was a few more that I would consider, uh, would, would consider industrial on that album. But besides the point, besides the point, um, like nothing. I, I get. I, you know, a lot of people they get hung up. Oh my God! You know, Nine Inch Nails. You know, uh, that's that's the it, it's it's the peak. It's the pinnacle. But it's not all what it is. There was just this droning noise that was behind all of it. Yeah. That. I I, I, I I like I was really it just kept taking me out of some of the songs where I was like, oh, my God, just if you could get rid of that noise. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you, you could do industrial without that fucking noise. Yeah. You don't need to make it feel like you're having a drill in your head the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. And that's I, what it was. My biggest one of my best well, besides, you know, the repetition, because like it's after a while, you know, it's a five minute song. And it's looping just the same yes and all that is the drums are so tinny like this kind of goes back to that what was it that blessed are the wicked blessed are the wicked uh, album yeah where the drumming it like no blessed are the sick blessed are the sick blessed are the sick if you're gonna have like something like that's gonna be like this metallic and this gives the drums some depth they sound so tinny on here but again this album doesn't give anything space to breathe no and that's the other thing there's no space right and you and i have talked about how space is very important yeah. i mean and, and back to the drums yeah i was having lars flashbacks like i was just picturing <laughs> lars sitting back there going <laughs> god <laughs> damn that how lars goes <laughs> <laughs> you little fucking Probably, that's how, also how gilmer plays the guitar like <laughs> 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 no, it was just it was one of those things where I just kind of picture Lars like being a dick, like having a fuck Napster shirt on while he's banging on these fucking tinny drums. And I'm going, no, you're right. The, the key to good industrial, which is what um um I believe is what Trent Reznor has kind of found out is that, and you know, there's several others, but I just keep going back to Trent right now. Um, well, KMFDM. Yes, thank you. KDFDM is there, they allow for breath. Yeah. They, they've learned that there can be space in industrial. And if there's going to be a tinny here, they're going to put in something that's bassy over here to balance that out. And I didn't feel like that this was. It came down to the equalization. I just didn't feel like this was equalized very well, very much like um, And Justice for All, which is a great album, 
but it suffered from equalizing. It suffered. It suffered. Well, it also lacked bass. <laughs> as, as a yeah. Seriously, check out the the mix and Justice for Jason. It sounds so much better. It's so good. It's so good. And I actually just read an interview, moving moving to that, which is that he's finally now. Jason News says finally coming out now and saying, "Yeah, I was pissed when I first heard that album. Of course, I was pissed. Like, like, yeah. do I need to say it?" And we're like, "Yeah, of course you're pissed. The rest yeah. of us were pissed." Yeah, they did that reissue box set for that a few years ago and i was excited because i was like please you guys have fucking cleaned up all the other albums they sound phenomenal put the bass back in injustice and they didn't and i was just like i was literally considered buying you know a hundred dollar box set of metallica because i love that album they didn't so they didn't get my money (laughs) no no and again it's sick that a fan has to come out and fix it but uh, but we've, we've we've digressed. I mean, for this one, yeah. I mean, uh, from my point of view, I would put beer, steers, and queers. I would put get down, and I put razors. Um, excuse me, get down, stainless steel providers, and razor's edge. Which, when you look at it, I like half the album. It's yeah, not a. It's it's not a long album. No, no. It's it, again. This is something I kind of just wanted to see. Go back to an album from my youth and see if it holds up. Mm-hmm. And I'm on the same page as you. Maybe half holds up still. The title track I still love. And if you listen to the remix, the intro is swapped out with <laughs> the rape scene from Deliverance. Oh my god, that's genius. I'll have to listen to the reissue. <laughs> yeah. It's just poor Ned Beatty, man. <laughs> He'll never get over that. Ned Beatty will never get it. He was he was in he was in Superman. Do you remember that? No. Do you remember Deliverance? Fuck yeah, you do. Oh, he had the greatest. <laughs> Greatest speech in network. That's right. He's talking about you know petro dollars and basically predicting how our economy exists today. That's right. Network was such an underrated movie. I fucking love that movie. Like he, when he died, I think it was this summer. Everything's a blur since Voldemort, but it's so bad, isn't it? But like I, I just like you just watch because he's not considered. You know, he's like a good character actor. But that scene, like, fucking just Oscar. Just give him all the Oscars, man. Did, did, did he get nominated? Uh, let me look that up. Yeah. I know, guys, I know, I know we're going way off, way off base here, but... Uh, it's all right. It's a short album. Yep. Oh, it's a very short album. But, yeah, I would say, I, I mean, would I recommend, as, as you're looking it up, let me see here. Would I recommend the album? Um... Yeah, I mean, I would. I, I, I have to give this a recommend. I mean, it's different. I think more people need to hear it than just me, uh, Joe, and Joe. Um, and one of us is dead, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's 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 a true statement. Uh, he was nominated for that scene, and that's the only scene he's in, and it's only like five minutes long. So he got Best Supporting Actor uh, nomination for a five-minute scene. Wow. So if you if you want to see uh, great acting people, look up, you know, Ned Beatty's speech network on YouTube. It you don't even need the context of the scene because he just fucking sells it. He Ned Beatty, Ned Beatty was an underrated character actor, hands down. Yeah, he, he, um, 
him and Dennehy, which, you know, I already have enough stripes with him. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Dennehy was got title roles, though. So we can't really say he was a character actor, can we? Title role? <laughs> Brian Dennehy was the epitome of a character actor. A fat guy who normally played a cop. <laughs> okay, he was typecast. But he played several several roles where he would be where it was Brian Dennehy led vehicle. So all right, Paul. Since we have time and no Google, tell me about these amazing Dennehy led movies. Well, I, no I Google. Can't, I can't without Google. All right, I, all I right. I can't. I can't. I can't. <laughs> I, I, I would need Google. I would need Google. But I'm telling you, Denny, he had some time, especially in the 70s and 80s. He had some title roles. You know? I mean, he was good as the 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 veteran-hating cop in Rambo. Well, he was, but remember, he was also in Cocoon. He was in Cocoon. Was he? I always thought that was yeah. Wilford Brimley. Well, Wilford Brimley was also in Cocoon, but 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 he but Brian Denny, he was in was in Cocoon. Um, uh, you know, I'm I'm gonna take. We're gonna agree to disagree on Brian Denny and Cocoon. Uh, 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 we couldn't. We could agree to disagree with Denny and Cocoon. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe you and I should do a cast that movie and do a Cocoon. <laughs> Man, <laughs> I mean, I'd have to watch that piece of shit. I'm, I already watch enough bad movies for the Joe Yeah, speaking of bad movies for the Joedown, what do you guys have coming up? Because now on, we're I didn't get my up. recommendation. Oh, yes. I'm sorry. You, you rushed me. <laughs> I rushed you. Joe, what's your recommendation? I would say yes to half the album. Uh, I really, I think there was a lot of potential with the title track. And if they kept up that, that spacing that one had with the more, like, less distorted vocals, uh, more air to breathe with, uh, with the instruments and sampling, I think it, this would have been a stronger album. So I'd say half of it. Yeah. Yeah, I would. Uh, I would agree. I agree a hundred percent with that. I I can't disagree with you. I mean, that's exactly what I said. So, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. All right, all right. Now, now let's go to the showdown because I'm excited. What do you guys got going on with the showdown? Well, we just released our review of The Wizard. Oh my God! The you guys, minute uh, Nintendo commercial, dude. The hundred minute commercial. I loved that move. The power glove. It's so bad, dude. It's, it's a so terrible. Bad. It's the most. It's. <laughs> I go off on it in the review because I've never. I had a buddy who had one. The fucking thing never worked. It never worked. I had one. It never worked. It never worked. It's up there with the Power Pad and Virtual Boy as Nintendo's like, why? Why does this exist? Oh no, no! Don't forget there was the Rock and Roller. Oh, you, do you remember the Rock and Roller? Uh, I'll look it up. Okay, it's what was, so bad I blacked it out. You probably did, but remember that toy? Okay, in the eighties, we had toys that would kill you. And remember, there was that ball that had like the little, um, had a little pad that you could stand on, and you put it between your feet, and you would bounce. What the fuck was that thing called? But you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. So it was that, but it didn't bounce. Instead, you stood on it, and that's how you played. The game. That just sounds like you're going to break the TV, your neck, and the NES system. Oh, it was a terrible, terrible idea. Yeah, yeah, the rock and roller is what is what it was called. Wow. Yeah, Nintendo, man. Like, 
they, I mean, just that GameCube where like you could burn the games. <laughs> just such oversight on such. But remember, I had that Nintendo quality seal of approval, sir. <laughs> I do own a Switch, but I mostly play old Nintendo games on it. That's what I've been doing. I've been playing Super Mario on my wife's Switch. That's what oh, I've been yeah? doing. Nice. Oh, yeah. I've been I playing mean, that and Super Punch-Out, which is fun. Super Metroid. Um, yeah, Punch-Out's fun. Um, they got some bad games, though, man. I Like, some of those game choices, I was like, why the fuck did you include this? Oh, yeah, because you're Nintendo. <laughs> yeah, licensing, too, is, like, a big thing. Uh, mm-hmm. So, like, they're big sellers of the Marios, and, you know, everything else is owned by other companies. So, what can you do? And then, uh, so our next review for the Joe Down, and I'm sure you're going to like this, Paul, because I'm going back to, because I love this filmmaker. We're going back to John Carpenter. We're doing attack, Assault on Precinct 13. Yes, the original? Yeah, yeah of course. Yes. Yes. <laughs> you I think make- I got my classic movie kicks. No, that's good. I, I was just going to see if you're going to make Joe watch the reboot, and I was going to be like, ha, 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 ha. Go down the road, he will, but, you know. I, just have me on a snare drum. <laughs> I've been on, like, an old movie kick lately. We, we did Westworld. That was a good Whoa, movie. So good, so good. And, like, I'm, trying, I'm slogging through season three of that, and it's such a – that show had so much promise, and it just – shit the bed man like it's unwatchable like i get through a half an episode i'm like i can't do this like it's just exhausting how convoluted it is you know speaking of that there's something that i tried because i love on netflix was the first three seasons of slasher which is a great um show on netflix but it got moved to shutter and I was watching the news, the episodes of the, the fourth season of it. And the first two episodes, I was, like, I was like, all right, this is going somewhere. And now the last two episodes that they posted, I'm like, oh, oh, I get through half of it. And I'm like, I don't want to continue, which sucks because I've loved all I've loved all the seasons so far. Yeah, I'm, I'm usually a completist. If I start a series and go X amount of episodes, I'm usually even if I don't like it, I won't I won't stop. Westworld tested me, and I got halfway through the second to last episode, and I was like, you know what, fuck this. Like, if I'm not enjoying it, what am I doing? Like, yeah. this is just torture. I'm 40. God damn it. I don't need to be put up with this the, this malarkey anymore. <laughs> I'm 40. I'm a man. <laughs> I'm a man. I'm a man. I'm 40. Uh. <laughs> yeah, that's what we have going for the Joe Don, Paul. What do you got going I got this. I got this going on. Uh, really, this has become the bread and butter of it. Um, you know, we're getting caught up big time. Um, oh. So this is now part of season two um, that everyone is listening to. Season two of Great Dead Album, just because of the length of time it took me to get everything up. But but every other day now, I've been posting a um, uh, an, an episode um, getting us caught up to where we are right now. Nice. Yeah, it's it's. We're getting some good feedback. Joe, Joe Brown really in, enjoyed your belated fuck for the same thing. <laughs> oh, it was so tough. Was... <laughs> I think he was happy that he uh, somebody else feels his pain when it comes to me making, making choices. Yeah, no, it's been tough. It's been tough. Um, all right, Joe, I'm gonna give you a choice for my next for my next uh, pick here. 
All right. All right. Um, I want you to pick either uh, modern or classic. Is there something in between those that I could pick? <laughs> nope. 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 We're either going modern or we're going old school. You know what? I'm going to go modern. Okay, you're going to go modern. All right, then our next album is going to be from the 1975 called Notes on a Conditional Form. It is from the band the 1975, and it just came out in May of 2020. 1975. It's the band's fourth consecutive album to reach number one on the UK album charts. Reaching number one in Australia and number four in the United States, which, if you didn't know about it, how did it reach number four in the United States? <laughs> I saw them on Saturday Night Live like a few years ago. Yeah, well, we're gonna do their one of their um, one of their albums there, the, their their twenty twenty release, um, "Notes on a Conditional Form." Splendid. Yep. So that's why I, that that's your modern pick. Um, this is a band that is universally acclaimed and loved, and we're gonna for their pop sensibilities. And you and I are gonna decide whether or not it's any good. Now I'm gonna give you tell you the truth. I've not heard it. Um, they have one song of theirs that I really really enjoyed, and then I came across this album, and I was like, "What's well, you know what? If I'm gonna listen to a new album, I'm gonna do it for." Rate that album. Yeah. Hey, why not? By the way, what was the classic pick going to be? Uh, you'll find out next time. You'll find out my next turn. Because yeah. I'm still going to do it. I'm still going to do it. Well, all but, right. All right. But, all right. <laughs> uh, I mean, I mean, I, 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 I'll, I'll be happy to tell you off air that I will on air. How's that? Paul, you're turning me into a killing machine. Joe <laughs> Fred.